The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. And unless you have anything specific, I do not. So this is just going to be a you and me talking episode because I am totally not prepared for today, which renders our best content. There we go. Right, we are recording. Let me start it. Give me one sec. Let me start a recording. Three, two. All right. So I'm going to be quiet for like 10 seconds to grab uh, buzzing if I need to. So starting now. And that'll actually grab the people in the background. I don't know how clear they're coming in for you, but yeah, I got people talking in the background. They can't do anything about it. That's what happens. Oftentimes, I don't even hear audio on my side until I'm actually going back to listen to the audio itself. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, I didn't even hear the kids doing that shit when I was recording. <laughs> there, what are they doing in there? Isn't that the story of our lives? <laughs> Although earlier today, so I did a audio recording for uh white cane safety day coming up and i just whipped it out i did like five takes of each line and then i edited it down markers are freaking amazing and it came out pretty good like here i'll even drop it in to the podcast right here (laughs) october 15th is national white cane safety day while driving or cycling please watch out for pedestrians who are blind and identified with a white cane or guide dog When crossing or about to cross the street, a blind pedestrian has the right of way. Even if they are not in the crosswalk, you must stop and remain stopped until they have vacated the roadway. It's the law. Do your part. Make every day a white cane safety day. Brought to you by the Pedestrian Safety Action Coalition. Man, now see, if you would have told me you were going to do that, uh... That's cool. Dropping in the podcast, actually, for real. <laughs> but, yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> if you if we would have planned this at all, see, this is where poor planning gets you, right? Had Mike told me that he was going to do this, just in case you decide to leave this in. If Mike oh, had will. told me he was going to want to drop in a snippet of audio right here, he could have sent it to me. I could have used um, Virago, I think is the name of oh. the Rogue Amoeba app, along with Loopback to drop it right into the episode as we were recording so that I could hear what the hell he was talking about. I can't say anything about it because I hadn't heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drafts, drafts is what I want, man. So about that last episode we dropped. <laughs> <laughs> that has not dropped yet as of drafts, time of recording. I think drafts has gotten a little too, a little too, uh, it's a little too powerful, man. It's a little too much going on. There. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you take something simple and you add too many features to it, though, unfortunately. Well, but the good thing I can say about it that if you don't care about any of that shit, you don't see it. It doesn't get in your way. It's not a bother. Uh, that is the one compliment mm-hmm. that I can give the guy at, at uh, Agile Tortoise is that for the app to be as comp- like it's to the point now that I just saw actions. Uh, Referencing our earlier conversation today about Airtable, I just saw an action that would allow you to connect to the uh, using JavaScript to connect to the Airtable API and render the results of like a a view in a HTML Mm -hmm. preview inside of drafts like you're doing this all inside of drafts. And I was like, man, what the. But here's the thing. (laughs) I didn't know anything about that. 
didn't care about it, don't care about it right now, although it sounds interesting, but I can still use drafts day in and day out for what I need to use it for without any of that crap getting in my way, which is unfortunately, as you said, not always the case when people start to try to add more features or more complexity to an application. But drafts at its core, to me at least, has stayed uh, fairly basic. You open it, right. and you start typing or dictating or whatever. Uh, and there are basic, very simple actions that you can use to do the things that you do uh, or that you want to do with the text there. Uh, I've even gotten to the habit now since it's on the Mac that I now write all of my emails. Uh, well, except replies. I tend to reply mm-hmm. with email, but a brand new email that needs to go out, I tend to write it inside of drafts and then use the uh, send markdown as rich text mail or whatever the action is. Because uh, he created oh, a little. Huh? Wait. So they even have those actions on the Mac? Because when yes. I last used drafts on the Mac, oh, they no, were, there was now. no actions. Yeah, there's actions now. Oh. And here's the cool thing he did. So one, for that particular action I just mentioned, there is a an action that has been on iOS for a while. You can write a draft and mark down and then send it as email. And it'll take the first line and make that the subject. And then the rest of it is the yep. body. And all you have to do is just fill in the recipient. If you tweak the action just a little bit, you can have it automatically send the email in the background. You know how to do shit. <laughs> uh, on the Mac, uh, he created a little, uh, and this is Catalina only, unfortunately for people. This is another one of the reasons that I kind of updated the Catalina. Like it wasn't a main reason, but it was like, oh yeah, bonus to use this uh, send mail as application or whatever it's called. I will drop a link to it in the show notes. Uh, but it's just a, a little simple application that will convert the markdown into rich text and then send the email for you on the Mac because it doesn't have the capability to do what you can on iOS, uh, which is weird. right? I can do this on iOS, not on the Mac. Hmm. Uh, but the other cool, super cool thing that he has done with actions and drafts on the Mac now is, well, for both platforms, you can create an action or download an action and you can say whether or not this action is available on which platform. So if it's uh-huh. something specific for iOS, for example, that would not work on the Mac, you just say, you know, uncheck the box for Mac and it doesn't even show up in your actions on the Mac oh. or vice versa. That is nice. That is nice. I need to play with drafts again on no, the don't. Mac because, okay. Because no, 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 <laughs> then I'll get upset and say, yes. man, why aren't I using the Mac every day right now? Uh, you would say something like that and then you would get annoyed when you go back to the phone and you don't have any way to access the stuff that you just wrote over there. Because I get the feeling that you would use the Mac on occasion. You would jot a bunch of crap in there and you'd be like, I don't know what I yep. do with that. Wait, it's on the Mac in drafts. Uh, Mallory's trying to convince me to jump back on the iOS train. Just of course saying. she is because Throw she wants you to buy crap. And like right now <laughs> you're more resistant to buying the crap that she wants you to buy for her iPhone and her iOS experience yep. because you're on Android and you're like, man, I don't even know what that is. I have no idea. But she knows right. you, Michael. If I know. You I know. get on That's... iOS and then, oh, Apple Watch has got to be had. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Possibly an Apple TV HomePod. That's the thing maybe we should look at. What about this new case? Oh, I should check out these earbuds. Oh, man. Like, yeah, she, she knows you'll go down a freaking rabbit hole. 
it's it's like you you are inside of our heads because I know that's exactly how that conversation <laughs> will go, especially if the Apple Watch Six is released the day after we record this, and because that's what I miss. That uh, to, if we're being one hundred percent honest, I can get around the web browsing issues. I can get around the email issues on the Android. Like, like that's not a big deal. I found workarounds around that. It's the freaking Apple Watch I miss. And I don't even know why I miss it. It was just, I guess, having the time on my wrist, the health uh, rings to close, because I was really into that, and honestly, drafts on the watch. Those are the three things I really miss. And if I could, I... Well, I mean, I guess I could. If I had the inkling to spend the money on a new iOS device, it is possible that I would switch back over. But then you're right. It's going to cost me an Apple Watch. It's going to cost me probably a HomePod, more than likely some earphones, which I still have not picked up. Oh, wait, I don't even have to talk about them because they didn't make it into DM55. Uh, oh, so, DM55 was a short episode. Do we want to talk about that? Oh. It was a short episode. Uh, very short episode. So, as happens at times, uh, there were some audio issues. This time it was on my side. Uh, Mike sounded great with his new uh, Audio Technica ATR2100X microphone. Uh, but ran into some audio issues with my audio about halfway in. So, Mike. Just had the genius idea, one, to keep up our consistency of publishing, uh, to just release the follow-up section of the show, which I think was <laughs> valuable. A uh, good way yeah. to go. Because yeah. as Let we're know recording, if you like that format. <laughs> yeah, as we're recording this, that show is due to be published tomorrow, which will be Tuesday, September fifteenth. Yep. Uh so yeah, we didn't have time to go back and try to re record it or patch it up or any of that stuff. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, most times if you try to re-record content that you did, mm. uh, especially with another person, like you're doing a show or something like that, like the flow of the conversation doesn't work as well. So you're never going to get that same show back. Uh, and, and it will sound lost I've been there and done that before. I forget which episode, but I will find the episode and link to it at your own pay.com slash DM 56 where I did. I went back and I re-recorded every one of my parts and you can, if you, since you know that now you can realize, man, that that's, that is not one of their conversations. <laughs> oh man. Mike did. Mike did it all. Mike punched in all of his comments. Yep. And look, I have had to do that. Not within this show, but for another project that we worked on, uh, BE 101 one at one point in time i had to actually go punch in my (laughs) audio because my file got i have no idea what happened to my file actually right i don't remember now but anyway yeah i had to do that and like it it is it is uh it's tedious for number one number two you never actually remember exactly the way that you said a thing and the way that you did so you end up clipping yourself a little bit because you're like oh let me say this blah 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 and then if you're doing it the way that i was doing it at least i had reaper uh, set to so as I the sections I needed to record myself into uh, were blank were empty uh, no audio whatsoever from the other two tracks but I had Reaper playing so that I would not talk too hmm. long and then realize I needed to cut this in half and it would be like oh man it took me you know three minutes to get to the point and now Mike is talking again okay that means I need to delete my you know do another take start over uh-huh. try it again uh reaper is awesome like shit man we say this a lot but reaper is really yes. truly awesome uh follow up to the issue that i don't 
know when we discussed this, but I know me and Mike have had a private discussion about this. Uh, the issue with Reaper on the Mac where I would add a new track and then I couldn't do anything. Mike, uh-huh. you mentioned to me, I think you said, uh, I don't tab. remember exactly. Yeah, tab didn't work. But what I did do was move the mouse to where the voiceover cursor was and click. And then that put me, you know, put the focus back in the window mm-hmm. for me to be able to navigate. Alt, I mean, command tabbing out and back in does not work. Uh, I did try tab, but I don't I don't think it did anything or I expected it to say something and it didn't say anything. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but the, yeah. the route mouse to, or move mouse to voiceover cursor and click got me back in there. Uh, Sweet. So you can edit audio in Reaper now. Yes, <laughs> I can. And right now I'm re- I am recording audio in Reaper. Yes. Uh, and audio I- hijack. And see, people, this is why when we record, we've mentioned it a couple of times. You make backup recordings. We're recording in Google Meet. It will not be the best quality. The best quality is going to be Reaper on Demasi's side and Reaper on my side. But we have that backup this time because last time we did not have a backup. And I suspect if we would have had Google Meet running, then we would have been able to salvage the rest of that episode because I didn't hear the audio issues. Not at all. Uh, but when we pulled in our local recordings, it had an issue. So back up uh, your digital life, back up your recordings, and and just stay backed up in general. Back up everything, <laughs> except your shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. I couldn't resist that one. Uh, but yeah, back up everything. And yes, this is why we have been for the longest time. And look, the one time that we haven't done it in quite a while now, actually, did yep. not have a a secondary recording going uh, is when we experienced the problem. Because you're right, mm-hmm. we had me recording last time. I was just yanked the audio out of that. I'm like, all right, just edit this down the best you can and publish it. But we stayed with our consistency, and that uh, is really what I what I'm shooting for right now. And I think Demasi is is the same. We've we've had our downtime. Now we need to be publishing content every two weeks. Maybe next year we'll go back to weekly. But right now, every two weeks seems to be working. And if everything works the way we expect it to, because of this recording, we'll be one week ahead of things. And that's why we're not talking about news anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons we're not talking about news anymore. Cause you know, by the time we get the show out, uh, whatever has happened has happened or we didn't know mm-hmm. it was going to happen or new information is out. We will probably still occasionally share our thoughts on something that was in the news, but we've never been, neither one of us has never had the inclination to actually do a topical newsy sort of show anyway. Uh, link to a couple of those that we do listen to. However, uh, yeah, that'd be a DTNS. nice way to out. Yeah, DTNS uh, connected, which I have recently started oh, listening to. Yep. That is quite funny, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite funny, actually. I, I like that show. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll link out to a couple of uh, shows that we do listen to if you want to be kept current as to what's going on in Apple Android technology in general. Uh, we'll drop. Oh, I forgot about Android. Uh, oh man i don't even want to go on a rabbit hole about aa yeah so demasi uh what new tech are you using? actually i have a good question not related to tech how is school at home going for you and your family so let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) so here's the thing in general it is sort of okay uh Mm -hmm. 
But it's funny that you asked that, that we're actually having this conversation today because last night around 10-ish p.m. my time, get a phone call uh, from the school. Automated That's system. weird. Yeah. Answer the call. And there's this lady who had a, has a pre-recorded message, and she's so apologetic for having to call uh, parents this late at night. But there has been a problem discovered with the internet access in the server uh, for the city uh, school system. Uh, apparently, there was some sort of damage to the fiber optic cable going into uh, the data center, wherever their server happens to be sitting. So there, there's a problem there. Yeah, that, that's that's big problems. Uh, my first thought was, I wonder who broke it uh, or if it was the result of bad maintenance. But what mm-hmm. it ultimately led to and what the point of the call was, was to let parents know that most likely when you get up in the morning, your kids are not going to be able to access their stuff, which means there's not going to be any school uh, today. Uh, which is the case. There has not been any school for my child at all today. Uh, they did send out a message earlier this morning saying that it was fixed. But mm-hmm. when we tried to get my daughter into her class through the way that she has to go, uh, not working. That also led me. We've had a conversation uh, elsewhere or conversations elsewhere about the tech that <laughs> the schools are using. Um, so here in Alabama in Tuscaloosa City. Because the county does different stuff over here. That's another conversation I don't want to have. Don't understand it. Uh, but Tuscaloosa City Schools is using um, G Suite. They're using G Suite for education. Uh huh. So, which naturally meant that I told somebody they should hire me because they don't know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> I know all about this G Suite stuff, man. I've been doing it for years. And what I don't know, I know where the documentation is to figure it out. But they're using G Suite, but they're not using Google Classroom. So when remote learning last year started, last school term in the spring after the shutdown, they did use Google Classroom uh, because I'm guessing because it was expedient and that was the thing that they needed to try to use because they didn't have anything else planned for virtual learning. Starting this school year, however, they're using... Uh, so there's a service that has been attached to their, their thing called ClassLink. Uh, I don't I haven't actually done any research on ClassLink. It looks like just an application layer for G Suite that would make it probably, I'm imagining, a little simpler for administrators uh, in the different schools to set the permission levels and what applications kids at, at certain grade levels can and cannot access. Uh, so what's even visible to them. And most of their access is done through this ClassLink interface. But I'm guessing because they needed attendance and nobody wanted to pull logs from Google and try to figure out who was there, they added a new application called Schoology uh, Mm. this year. And Mm. my suspicion is that the only thing that Schoology is doing is that it's, it's, again, another interface layer to the Google logs that will present the data the way that an administrator would want to be able to see it. So let me do attendance on kindergartners for the first two weeks of the year and see how this is gone. Right. And be able to pull that data up versus, you know, doing it the hard way, which honestly, I wouldn't do it that way either, which is yank the logs and then grab it or something like nobody wants to do that. But the problem is, uh, or or what it led me to think about when it came to the outage this morning is like, well, I don't understand why they can't get into the school because I thought all this stuff was cloud-based, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we know Google is cloud-based. Google does not do on-premise, I don't think. Uh, And they most certainly are not doing it for a school if they do offer on-premise services. 
Uh, so that led me to think that uh, perhaps the Schoology thing is something that they're hosting directly uh, because logging into my daughter's account, they're using Google Meet for their meetings, but they want them to take the path to go through Schoology, go to your class, go to the uh, particular subject uh, that you're, you're going to. So for reading time, for example, go through Schoology, go to your class, click on reading time and then join uh, into the virtual class through Google Meet, but you're doing it all through Schoology, which means I'm guessing, like I said, this Schoology is helping to do some of the tracking of attendance and all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, that pathway to get to a Google Meet does not work. But of course, if you just go to, you know, open up the Google Meet app inside of her uh, uh, class link application, you can get right to the Google Meets that were scheduled for today. Uh, obviously, nobody else was there because they just didn't do it that way but so it leads me to think that the schoology portion of this is being hosted by the city and because they cannot they don't have internet access right now they're not able to uh make that work so kids are not able to get into their stuff uh typically speaking though from an accessibility standpoint of all of this i still need to have some conversations with some people about some things over here when it comes to the the homework and the access to information. Uh, and I have been slowly, not intentionally slowly, but just slowly because it's hard to find some stuff. And I don't know what I'm look. I know what I'm looking for. I don't necessarily know where to look uh, on. First of all, the rules uh, that I can hold them, you know, the policies I can hold them up against to make sure that I get what I need out of this situation. Because as I pointed out to Tia uh, a week or so ago, I'm like, if you were to get sick or something were to happen, or even if you just got a job, like you were out of the house all day, like, I would be completely fucked when it came to helping her with her work. I can get her into her class meetings. I can do that. I can make sure that she's sitting there listening and paying attention. Mm -hmm. And when they're doing interactive stuff like uh, reading words or spelling words, sounding out things, I can make sure she's, you know, focused for that because I have been doing that. Homework. Oh, man. We've no. there's no homework being done by me. Not at all. (laughs) That's a whole nother story. And see, she's in kindergarten is that what you said or what uh, grade is she in? she's actually in first grade i don't know why i said kindergarten a few minutes ago just because i just pulled up a random grade but no she's actually in the first grade so i have the two things number one i have two different uh sorry i got distracted i was sending mallory a message at the same time no <sighs> airpods for right. you <laughs> no apple watch sick for you <laughs> so Two things. Number one, one of the podcasts I listen to and I get some news from is the SMR podcast, and we'll link to that in our podcast uh, list over at youronpay.com slash DM56. And uh, the two guys in there, actually, I think all three of them have used Schoology. And so I've heard some horror stories about Schoology being down and not being able to use it. And then you mentioned Schoology, and I'm like, man, we don't we don't use Schoology over here, at least to the best of my knowledge. I'll have to ask Andrew. It's an East Coast thing, man. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, there is that. And so I haven't really experienced, uh, the school G universe, but the boys right now are at the age where they are teaching each other how to do things and teaching their classmates. Uh, and they're using Google classroom, uh, strictly Google classroom. Well, one of them is using strictly Google classroom. That's where he logs in, sees what his schedule is for the day. Then he clicks on, uh, each 
class link, and then there's a Meet link. So they are using Google Meet. Uh, last year they were using Zoom, and that we, we well, you and I already talked about how convoluted that is. Why not use Google Meet when you're already in the Google ecosystem? Right. Uh, so they're using Google. He's using Google Meet, and then Ben. That's Andrew, who's the 14 year old. The 13 year old Benjamin is using Google Meet in the mornings to meet with his teacher, and then he uses a tool called Odysseyware, which is where it uh, his instructor adds all of his uh, subjects to it, and then he can work at his own pace. So it, theoretically, if he wanted to do his entire school year in one month, he could sit down and get it all done and and be done for the year. He won't, and I can already tell you that. Man, I wish I would have had that when I was his mm, age. Man, I would have screw this off. Real quick. Yes, <laughs> right right? Just get it done and then go do whatever I wanted to. Uh, so he meets with his teacher every morning. Well, at least uh, twice a week, it sounds like in Google meet. And then uh, he goes, jumps into Odyssey where gets his stuff done to Odyssey where inside note for the parent Odyssey where is very accessible. Uh, I can get in and go see all the assignments and everything he's working on and, and what he's gotten done and stuff like that. And it's it's a pretty laid back and and they're using Google Docs for their documents to type them up so they don't have to install Word on the computers even though it's already there. But primarily because if the teacher wants to see it, they don't have to save it as an attach or save it as a Word document, attach it to an email, an email to them. They just hit share and then the teacher's name and the teacher has access to the work and can grade it right there inside the Google Doc. And that's that's what I'm really excited about because additionally they could uh I, I should have Ben try it because I haven't yet. Oh wait, no, he was doing it last year. So I was going to say I don't I don't know if they can share outside the organization because you can restrict that as an admin, but they can because he was creating a document last school year and shared it with me, which your own pay is obviously not part of the school, so it was outside the organization. And so I can go in and just read all of his work and not have to worry about him emailing it to me or printing it out. And that's one thing if we can get the access issues for some of these tools fixed, I think this will make a better experience for blind parents or mm-hmm. uh, individuals who have to deal with children in a school environment because a teacher is going to be more apt to send you a uh, email. I mean, she's going to send you an email and I'm looking up right now the name of the tool that I looked it up when Demasi was talking and I already forgot it, but it's a messaging tool that I can log into. It literally looks like a text message tool and I can uh, see what the teacher sent to me. I can uh, see what the teacher sent to Mallory and I can see if she sent it to Benjamin as well. And it's literally just this one tool that you log into uh, very basic and simple to look at and you can install the app. I have not played with the app, but I don't see why the remind app would not be accessible uh, because huh. it is again, a very basic tool. I'm not sure. That's if you've what they're using that over one. here. Yeah I, was, yeah. I was about to ask, is that what it was? Uh, yep. iOS is a little fiddly, but also just to be fair about this, um, I am on the iOS 14 beta and a lot of things look a little fiddly. Uh, so, <laughs> Uh, but it's fairly usable. Uh, that is actually what they were using here. Uh, it, I'm going to tell you one thing. Like It sounds like to me uh, that the people running the tech over there 
in your part of Oregon are a little bit more savvy or they took a little bit more. They they took advantage of the time they had over the summer to yeah. get things set up properly. Uh, we have remind, but it's not configured in the way that I thought it should have been configured, which is what you <laughs> just said, where uh, and part of this, too, I'm going to say is also my child is also very young. Uh, and she's autistic, yeah. so she's not yep. signing it. She's not a you know teenager where they would be more on their own on their own for a lot of this stuff. But their whole setup process for getting us into Remind looks like uh, basically all the parents, at least in the grade level that my child is in, and others that I have talked to here, you are. I'm signed in. Tia signed in, but we're basically signed in like we're the kid. We're not a parent uh. of the kid that is signed in and I have my own account and Tia has hers and I'm able to see what's going on, but not necessarily be directly like, no, they is I'm signed in as Mia basically, uh, <laughs> which is weird, but it tells me that they one didn't take time to actually configure it and set it up. Yeah. I don't know what license level they're paying for. So, uh, that possibly could be some restrictions there too, but also, uh, it was not a, it was sort of a last minute thing. It's like, we were in the second or third day of school before they were like, oh, yeah, you need to get this app right here because this is where we're going to send stuff. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Right. I but, needed this two weeks ago so I could go read their, their privacy <laughs> policy and, and their, uh, you know, their, their, their uh, terms of service, which, by the way, they're actually really good. First of all, they're not onerous. I didn't find anything that I didn't like. Uh, secondly, they give you the legal speak that they have to write so it's legal, you know, legally whatever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But right up under that, there's also a subheading that says, what does this mean? So like they give you their <laughs> data sharing, like their data sharing uh, process, right? Well, we don't share your data with anybody, blah, blah, blah. And then right up under there, what does this mean? We're not going to share your data with anybody. We don't give it away unless we get a court order that forces us to hand it over. However, that is nice. However, the bit that we wrote up there about us not being responsible for what a third party does means this. If someone else inside of your remind, uh, you know, group or whatever, screenshot something you wrote and post it on social media, we have no control over that. We can't stop them from doing that. So don't ever post anything in here that you don't want to see go public because the possibility is there that it can happen. So on your remind app, and you might not have the answer to this because I just discovered it today. Is it possible to message other parents in there? Because I just found the message other users and I can go through and see the parents that are in Benjamin's class. I don't think I can see the kids that are in his class, but I can see the parents. Um, I do know that I can message other people in there, but again, because of the way at least our class is structured, uh, the names are very strange because they're not separated out to a parent child oh, level. Oh. So yeah, some yeah. of the parents' names are like, some of the names are just a kid name. Like I know that kid. So like, I know that's a kid in her class. And then some of them are like a combination of the mother's name and then the kid's name. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to make up a name. Uh, uh, Michael Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, like that. Just like that. Thank you. Because I could not come up with a fairly reasonable name that was not actually somebody's name. Yeah. So like Michael right. Benjamin Babcock would be what they have there. Right. Uh, so stuff like that is, is that's why I say like they don't have it separated out to the permission levels as they need to be. But mm-hmm. part of that could be and it could just be my kid's class uh, because she is in the, the, the uh, it's not special needs, whatever they call it. Uh, I should really Resource get the terminology room? right. Huh? Resource room? Uh, that might not be what they call it, but 
Uh, I mean, she's in yeah. a special needs class. Like, she has a, a teacher. Her class is very small. Uh, the teacher specializes in working with kids with mm. different disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could be structured this way just for this particular classroom, right? Or any other classroom that is dealing Because I can't, you know, see the uh like i can see some of the other classes in there but i can't go into their stuff and read it because i wasn't invited into that group ah um, uh, and so see I, I can't see any of the other classes in ours yeah well like they locked their shit down real good though. yeah like they, yeah they took the summer to get their stuff set up uh did they send you guys out any information that we talked about this a week nope. ago but they didn't uh nope. well looks like at least they <laughs> took the time to get stuff configured the right way though Exactly. I had to ask Andrew today. So, what are you meeting on? What, like, like, how are you getting onto your class? He's like, oh, I already downloaded Google Classroom to my phone, and I've got Google Classroom on the Mac, and and I'm all signed in and everything. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go do something else now and get out of your way. <laughs> 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 go make sure your brother's doing what he's supposed to be doing. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I agree with you, though, like it, one one of the things that I hope to see come out of this, uh, this is going to kind of pull me back into talking to more blind people, uh, not quite to the point of pulling me back into Facebook yet. Uh, <laughs> I used to just filter my stuff through Tia to this blind parents group that she's a member of. Uh, if I can get the link from her and I don't forget, I will add it to the show notes. There is a group on Facebook of blind parents. I have thought about. And discarded the idea of setting up like a discourse uh, instance for this sort of thing. Mm-mm. But I feel like the, the inertia of Facebook is too much to fight against. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're already having our own challenges with the existing discourse that we have yeah. to get people over there. I, I have a blind parent group. So we will have a blind parent group on Facebook in the show notes at your own slash DM 56. It is possible that Tia and I are part of the same group. I literally never post in there, but I'm part of the group. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm actually a member of that group. I believe I just don't use Facebook. Uh, somebody yeah. ad- added me or invited me or something some years ago when I still was actually using Facebook, but that was also <laughs> the time that Facebook. So I joined that that group back when Facebook had a separate groups app for iOS. Oh, uh, those were the days. That yeah, I, never I, used, I used to app. actually be more <laughs> active in groups at that time than I was on Facebook in general because it was easy to separate it out. It's like I just go into the groups app and I can, you know, read up on things occasionally post i'm not a heavy poster but occasionally post something or make a comment um but yeah the the thing that i really hope to see come out of this is that more of these online tools will be accessible where where accessibility is needed uh, mm-hmm. and also help figure out ways of making things accessible in a way like oh we're just going to use you know this screenshot or whatever to do this and the kid has a drawn and it's like okay yeah we need to maybe rethink that whole process right there uh, let's not do it that way. Let's not do it the class dojo way. And for those of you blind parents who are using are, are stuck with class dojo, I feel your pain. I had to use it over the summer. It is not just you. It is very inaccessible and not a pleasant experience. So I am. I'm feeling your pain if that's what you're using. You're like, man, I don't know anything about this Remind app. Yeah, Remind is a lot better than Class Dojo, I promise you. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Mike Mike uh, has told me about Class Dojo. Uh, in fact, if I remember correctly, Mike's words to me, if you find out they're using Class Dojo, fight that shit tooth and nail all the way. <laughs> yep, pretty much. 
Uh, and for, you know, if you are fairly new to this show or don't really, you know, grok Mike's personality, Mike is usually a pretty laid back person. Like he'll try <laughs> to figure out a way around something before he trashes it. He has much more patience <laughs> with that sort of stuff than I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's school. What's going on with school? Uh, what's going on in business? I guess that's the next topic. Unless you have anything on the Google doc that I do not have. Open. So let me tell you what I've got going on here. And that'll explain to you why I have nothing open at all. I, I didn't okay. even write the stuff that you told me. Oh, we should add it to the Google doc. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we should. And then I never, got yeah, we should. But, yeah. So I was getting that weird buzzing sound and I thought it was the headphones. So I scrapped the headphones, grabbed another pair of headphones and I was still getting the buzzing sound. And those other headphones only worked with one ear. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to the ones that I know works in both ears. Cause that'll drive me crazy the whole time. And then my next thing is, well, maybe there's a problem with the USB-C cable. And so I scrapped the USB-C cable and I plugged in the USB-A to USB-C cable. And that's what we're talking on right now. And the gotcha with this laptop is it's so flush with the desk that you can't plug a cord into it without lifting it up a little. I'm sure you, you've seen that before with some mm-hmm. of these computers. And so I literally have a pin under the back of the laptop and I'm holding the laptop up right now on the pin. So that way the USB cord doesn't bend because I'm afraid it's going to bend and break something uh so yeah but but i don't hear a buzzing i'm also not monitoring myself so we're crossing and you're not getting a buzzing on your side nope so worst comes the worst we'll use the google meet (laughs) well i'm actually also recording you in uh Ah, audio Uh, so oh in reaper yeah so as long as that as long as that holds up uh we're good let's talk about that because i don't think we've talked about you bringing me into reaper on my own track right Yep, on your own track. All by so what yourself. are you doing? That's actually you how I'm hearing you also. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so on my, your track, so I'm not monitoring myself because there's just enough of, the, of a delay that yep. it would seriously affect. I, I really need to probably practice that a little bit more because I wonder if I would have picked up my, my audio issues last week. But anyway, um, so Reaper, I have, this all starts with loopback. Uh this entire process starts with so us windows users can kind of tune out for a minute because i've not found an easy way to do this uh software wise but if you're on the mac uh listen up (laughs) if you're on windows look listen all right there's some apps out there perhaps you know i I don't know anyway this all starts with loopback from rogue amoeba uh there'll be a link in the show notes loopback is Rogo Meba's uh, virtual audio routing application. Now, I could go down a whole bunch of rabbit holes about different ways to use this, but I'm going to say this, and this is what I thought I could do with this, and this is what I have managed to accomplish with this. I wanted to create a virtual mixer because I have a laptop. I do not have a physical mixer. Mm-hmm. And at the time that I started working on this project, it was highly likely that I would be spending a couple of weeks, if not several weeks out of the year throughout the course of the year, in Georgia, uh, as opposed to being in Alabama where I live now and uh, having all of my equipment. So I wanted to be able to grab my laptop, grab my AT2005 and go wherever I needed to go and be able to record, grab my headphones. Right. Also. Uh, and if me and Mike needed to sit down and record a show, need to be able to sit down and record a show. Now, technically speaking, I did not need to do this, but I wanted a mixer because I have Reaper. Reaper is a multi-track audio recorder. 
uh, not just the editor, which is one of the reasons I gave up uh, Amadeus Pro, because it did not let you do multi-track recording when I was using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know if it does now. So basically what I have done is I have a 24-track mixer uh, set up in loopback. The way the loopback essentially works, just to break it down a little bit, is you can create a virtual device, which I created called a mixer. Uh, and then you add in your sources. You can add in your outputs uh, or monitors. So you can mm-hmm. determine how you want to hear stuff or where you want that to come from. Which screws with me every time we share a project. Uh, yeah. Fucks up my room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the, they also have a um, a uh, portion that you, a, a, a device you can add to uh a loopback virtual device called a pass-through, which means the audio that comes in will be immediately passed out. There's also the ability to manage your channels. And this is why I have a 24 track uh, mixer. Now for me, only the last five, no, last six tracks. uh, So yeah, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 uh, allow audio to pass through them out, which means I can monitor from those tracks. So where we run into the problem at between me and Michael is that, for my Reaper projects, I have to set the master track so that I can hear the audio from Reaper itself to be the uh, output tracks 23 and 24. Well, if I send that project to Mike, Mike doesn't have tracks 23 and 24, so he hears no audio when he tries to start playing a project if he doesn't remember to go change the output of the master track. The same thing happens to me if I pick up a project from Mike. Uh, if I don't remember to go change the master track output, I'm sitting there like, oh, man, I don't hear shit. Yeah. Uh, what yep. happened? Uh, <laughs> what did and, Mike do this time? Nope, it's really like, <laughs> what the hell did I do? And I hope I didn't break. <laughs> let me quit before I do something and actually break it. Nope. Don't save that. Yep. No, I have no idea what happened. Don't save it at all. And the reason I set this up this way is, like I said, I have audio hijack. There are several ways for me to record myself. And I don't necessarily have to record Michael because Mike is capable of recording himself. And Mike does a good job of recording himself. He understands the value in doing such a thing. But one, Reaper only allows you to set. Uh, it really wants you to use, and I don't know what happened if you try not to, to use one device for your input and your output. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the only time that it's sort of not going to bitch at you too much is if you plug in a USB mic and then you set your output to be your headphones or default output for your device, for yep. your computer. But I wanted to be able to do several things with this mixer that you would do with an actual physical mixer that lets you route multiple tracks of audio into your computer. Number one, I wanted to be able to record myself on one track in Reaper. I wanted to, for the occasions that I do quick uh, audio tutorials, I wanted to have voiceover on its own separate track so that if I need to edit me out because I was saying something or edit out some of the extraneous crap the voiceover says uh, Hmm. while I'm talking, I could do that without damaging the other piece of audio. Uh, Also, me and Mike have plans. We probably won't discuss those plans today, but me and Mike have plans that would require it to be possible or necessary, I would say, to be able to record someone else remotely into our computer locally at the best possible quality we could get. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it was just an interesting challenge to see if I could do it. Uh, that's the final reason for doing it. So, <laughs> all of that out of the way to say this. Uh, in my Reaper uh, that is open right now, I have two tracks. I have my track and my microphone uh, as a source in loopback is set to channel output channels one and two. Uh, so 
I set track one in Reaper to uh, accept, you know, pull in this, the sound from uh, tracks one and two. Mm-hmm. Michael, uh, because we're using Google Meet right now, I have Chrome in Loopback set to uh, its output channels to go to channel nine and channel 10. So the left channel is channel nine, the right channel is channel 10. And on the second track in Reaper, which I, you know, uh, named Michael, because, well, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, its input is set to track nine and track 10 from the mixer. Uh, and my uh, master track is set to tracks 23 and 24, which is what my default is in Reaper. So I don't ever have to change that unless I'm picking up a project from Mike or somebody else possibly in the future. Um, but what I'm also doing, because because I'm using Chrome as the source for Michael's track, uh, one of the features in Loopback is to mute a source while you're capturing a sound. Mm-hmm. Um so instead of me hearing Michael directly through Google Meet, I'm actually hearing Michael through Reaper. So what I so, hear is what's being recorded into Reaper because I have the output from Chrome itself muted uh, and I'm only pulling the source, I'm pulling the audio through loopback, like it's coming through loopback. So while loopback is capturing sound from Google Chrome, it mutes Google Chrome itself so I don't get uh, mic doubled or echoey <laughs> or whatever. And so he's just monitoring me by monitoring the track two, which is armed. And so he's hearing my voice through the monitor on Reaper, which surprisingly, uh, from my observations, has zero to very limited latency, probably not zero, but very limited latency, which is weird. I mean, I guess because... I get some horrible latency when I try to monitor myself in Reaper. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, which is why I'm not monitoring myself. Uh, I had to turn monitoring off for me. Uh, And I've done this several times, actually. I think I actually published, I think we ended up publishing a show where I used your audio strictly like this. You probably were assuming that I had used Audio Hijack to capture my microphone in one recorder and whatever we happen to be using at the time, Google Meet or Source Connect now. Uh, on another. Have we had any audio issues on my end for this episode so far? Not that, that I heard? have heard. All right, so let's plan to publish this with that setup then. Because then it makes my editing job faster too. <laughs> uh, whichever episode we published a while back where we had a bunch, like I had a bunch of markers and I sent you the project and all the markers were all there. That's the one where uh, I use your audio track straight out of Reaper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So is, hmm. so if I understand correctly, track two is armed and you hit uh, track one and track two are both armed. Mm-hmm. And then when we started recording, you just hit R, which records to both the arm tracks. Perfect. That is awesome. That See, is and I, are you using a template to pull that in? Uh, I had a template set up previously uh, at some point in the past four or five months when I had to blow away Reaper and then mm-hmm. reinstall it. Uh, I did not recreate that template. Okay. Because when I was doing the Southern Oregon Coast weather guesser work, I had four tracks. I had track one and three that were armed. Track two and four had music beds. Track two had a 20 second music bed. Well, it had four music beds, and I'll explain that in a moment. And then track four had four 30 second music beds. 
So what I would do is I would pull a 20 second music bed into one Reaper project and then I would cut that. And there was probably an easier way to do this. And then I would jump over to my weather Reaper project that I ended up saving as a template. And I would press shift V on the track two item one, which would paste it as a new take to that particular item. So then I would arm tracks one and three and uh, have uh, items in tracks two and four with multiple different takes. So I could swap up my music quickly by selecting that item in track two or track four and then hitting the letter t which would switch to the next take and be a completely different mood for the music so if it was rainy i could have you know more more down uh tempo music and if it was sunny and nice i could have some upbeat music and it would match to my voice and then I would because I had both tracks uh, armed. I could just record one weather take for the first twenty seconds, cut the two I tracks, tracks one and two, in the beginning. Uh, so I had my track three, finish that thirty second weather bed, and then render that. And then I would paste in my tracks one and two, and over tracks three and four, and render that as a twenty second weather. So I had both of my weathers. It, it really sounds convoluted, but once you get it all set up and you start doing it every single day, multiple times a day. It was a pretty straightforward process. And then I saved it as a template. Uh, and then I learned about side chaining. So I set up side chaining on tracks two and four and then added that to my template and then saved that. So I literally had to not set up any of that when I pulled up my weather in the mornings. And some of the other people would be like going to get their music, bringing it into Adobe Audition, recording their vocals, then saving that file, then recording their vocals again and putting in their and putting in their uh, 10 second uh, tag at the end of the 30 second weather. And I'm like, man, I'm done with my weather in like two minutes and you guys are taking 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, it's interesting because it it does sound convoluted. Like I understand what you're saying. You did. It does sound super convoluted. But again, it's sort of like me trying to explain how I set up this this virtual mixer and loopback. Like it sounds stupidly complicated. But but it's not really once you get it. it It's not really. And if you know how how loopback works, like if you're a user of loopback, just like being a user of Reaper. It makes sense to you and you can see how it works. And, you know, I'm pretty sure somebody might even have some ideas of how to improve it. What I have discovered and one thing I'm interested to try because I have uh, I've played around with this a little bit and I haven't. Mm -hmm. I haven't quite figured out a way to test this yet without there being a third person in our conversation on a different platform, because what I would like to do. Uh, and what I think I can do with Loopback is, well, Loopback and Reaper together. Loopback and Reaper together are an extremely powerful combination, first of all. Let me just say that. Because uh, I can run as many tracks and continue to build that mixer until I had, I don't know, 64 tracks or something. It would get complicated. But one thing I would like to try to do is like, uh, you know how you can do track sends and receives in uh-huh. Reaper, right? So I'm curious if I could solve a problem. Well, not necessarily. Well, solve a possible problem. Uh, So here's the scenario that I'm thinking of, uh, because what I want to do is set up a mix minus. Like that's the that's the ultimate goal to set up a mix minus. Right. But I'm in Reaper. Now, I could very easily do this one way, but I would like to do it so I can also record, you know, let's say three people. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, me, you, Desiree. All right. There we go. Those are the three people. Right. All right. Well, Desiree is not going to use Google Meet. She's in Zoom. Okay. First of all, that would make the audio 
quality much much worse. Uh, <laughs> but never mind any of those things, right? Let's say okay, Desiree is uh, on FaceTime and Mike is in Google Meet. All right. Well, I need I can easily hear Mike and Desiree, but Mike and Desiree need to be able to hear each other uh, without hearing themselves. Yep. So let's start with the basic template in Reaper because I need at minimum three tracks to get started. I need one for me, one for you, one for Desiree. Now, then I think what I would do to help with organization just a little bit is create a folder and inside of that folder, but that folder may be the wrong way to do it. So we'll back out of that and just go with tracks. All right. Mm -hmm. So now I need a track for that. I would call like Michael hears uh, and then Desiree hears. Right. And what I want to do is send the audio from Desiree's track to the Michael hears track uh, and then send the audio from uh, Michael's track to the Desiree ears track right now yep. Mike should be to hear well no we're not there yet send send that audio there like so your audio is going from uh, you know being sent from the Michael track to the Desiree ears track and then I set the output for that track to be let's say channels 15 and 16 in the mixer Mm-hmm. And then I set the input to be channels 15 and 16 uh, routed to route it through to the uh, FaceTime application. So now Desiree should be able to hear Michael and Desiree should be able to hear me. That's not 100% how that's going to work, but that's ultimately what I want to try because I think that is one, a very cool use of an application that costed me 70 bucks. Yeah. Uh, that yep. being Lootback and Reaper, which cost me 60 bucks. So for a hundred and what? 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, possibly 150 if you, or 60 if you throw in audio hijack, which may be needed to do that last bit of mixed minor mm-hmm. steps. Uh, but man, you got one hell of a thing in here for less than you can, then I have been able to find a mixer with multi track recording, let alone the ability to do mixed minuses, uh, which is. And then you could other. bring in voiceover into that yep. once you get the regular flow set up. You could bring in a, a soundboard if you wanted to drop in yep. sounds and, and get that all done. You know who you need to reach out to, don't you? Nope. The people over at Audio Roundtable. Uh, ah. see, if those, see if those gentlemen have any ideas. Uh, huh, or ladies, ladies, or lady or gentlemen, because I almost forgot about Satana. <laughs> so I didn't forget about Satana, but yeah, I don't think she's there yet. Uh, yeah. I think she's using a hardware mixer, which works for her. Like that's yeah. that's what she needs. And, and like software the way that you would really solve amazing. this, yeah. The, like the way that you were really like the way that you used to solve this, and that you most likely would be the simplest way to solve this would be a mixer. But mixers are mm-hmm. expensive, especially for one that is all physical uh, yeah. dials and buttons, mm-hmm. no touchscreen shit, and also has the ability for you to whether it calls it by that name or not, configure a mixed minus sort of solution. Like it is, uh, Mike can attest to this. It is very yep. difficult to find a mixer for under $2,000 that has knobs and also will send multiple tracks of audio across your USB into your computer. Most of them will allow you to plug in several things, but they're only going to send stereo audio into the computer. Does not and I have problem. found some that are under 2000, but then you're limited to however many channels you get with that. Like mm-hmm. in this situation, you could bring in 25 people from different sort man. 
man, that'd be convoluted, but you could do it. That's the point. Like you could bring in as many people as you needed to drop them into a Reaper project. And most importantly, in my opinion, they would all be lined up properly. So you can just jump into it. Yep. <laughs> None of that audio track lining up stuff, but that is a thing that I'm working on. There was a tool that I mentioned to you, Mike. I don't think we we're discussing it on the show from the people over at uh, Source Elements called Source Nexus. Uh, and Source Nexus, what? So what Source Nexus does? It is a virtual device for the Mac only. Again, I think the Mac is the only one that can really do those virtual devices like that, or it's easier to do virtual audio devices because you know the, the developers know exactly what they're dealing with there's no variation yeah. in sound cards and all of that crap that you deal with on windows uh i honestly think that's what the problem is uh, yeah everybody on the mac has to use core audio that's that's your thing core audio like you don't there's no you know until you go silicon it's, and then it's not going to change it up it'll still be core audio uh, Ah, okay yeah it, it'll still be core audio or if it's not called core, if they change the name of it to something else, like still, that's that's Apple's APIs yeah. for fucking with audio on their platform. So like right. they control it, so you know exactly what you're gonna get. Like if they change it, they change it, and it may have a negative or positive effect on your 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 product, but you still know exactly what you're getting for every single fucking Mac that's out there. Not just mm-hmm. oh well, this vintage of Mac has this and that one. <laughs> nope, whatever the hell you got, all the way back to you know El Capitan and and snow leopard core audio oh, like, good old know. days oh man El Capitan. <laughs> but uh what's the saying oh source nexus so source nexus does virtual devices and it is designed for exactly what i was just talking about doing mm-hmm. but it's also 300 dollars uh right i don't necessarily think i need it uh basically what it does is let you uh it is a plugin. It is a audio plugin uh, that shows up as a plugin to your DAW. So like Reaper, Logic, Adobe Audition, which Mike just Mike, have you ever used mm-hmm. that at all? Yeah, yeah. Not uh, been a pleasant experience. I uh, always jump back over to Reaper. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it lets you lets you manage sends and receives. It's supposed to allow you. I did a trial of it, so it's supposed to allow you to. Uh, set up tracks like i was just talking about for sends and receives and all of that using its uh effect but then i what i could not get to work was uh for any of the applications i was using to be able to say well facetime i want you to use mm-hmm. this well you could set up different devices it, it got a little weird uh it will be easier i'll say this it will be easier to do the mix minus stuff that i was talking about with that application i believe uh but uh, it's also, you know, starts at one twenty five to actually do what I want to do is three hundred dollars. Uh, so and once you get it set up, that's the beautiful thing about loopback and audio hijack is you just save the configuration and you're yep. good to go. You just reload that when you need to use it. Yep. And then if you need to do some 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 tweaking, changing tweaking. around with with Reaper, you save that as a template too. Is where I was going with that. And oh, then yeah. you just load those those templates and you're good to go. Yep, there you go. Because I am going to save our setup as a template uh, at some point. And if I may actually have it as a template somewhere. I think I may yeah. have exported the template file or went and pulled the file or something. But yeah, it's it's a pretty straightforward thing. Oh, no, I didn't do it because I want to figure out how to add the music bed in so I could just have the music just trigger the music. Play music here. All right. Talk to you guys next week.
do you realize how frustrating it is that I can't just enter my damn password? So I'm sitting right here in front of the computer, can't do anything in it. And now it won't even let me try to enter my pin again. It says, you entered your pin number too many times. Please restart your device. And I'm like, I'm not touching anything now. <laughs> so there's not a way to say bypass pin and go straight no. to password, huh? So you have you have found what I think if, if, is, if it's not a bug, it is definitely a poor ux implementation design. yeah yes. because you should be able to click on a button and say nope don't want to use my pen it's sort of like right? touch id slash face id slash whatever with one password on mobile right what you want to do is most times you're going to use you know biometrics you're going to use your face or you're going to use your fingerprint or whatever but there's an option that says no don't use that cancel let me type in my password uh you should have this option on windows hello and it's also to me feels like well is it a bug or no I have to test that. I don't. I can't test it. I'll get to you to test it. If you're on like a FaceTime call or or a Duo call on Google or mm-hmm. something like that, can you still use your face to unlock one password if you were to switch yeah, out? I don't know. I don't know. That is a good question. Yeah, you have to play with that and find yeah, out. I'm trying to. Um, I do have a sign-in options link. So if people are yelling at their podcaster player and say, click the sign-in options link, and then you can change it. Nope. The only two options I have here is face, which won't let me log in, and pin, which won't let me log in now either. (laughs) And and I did turn narrator on to see if maybe just Jaws wasn't seeing the button because that has happened before. And yeah, anyways. So we should, we should, wrap this up <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna duo call you later uh from the pixel so i can test that theory and see if it works because uh, there could be a technical reason why it doesn't work and why your face doesn't work right now because google chrome is wanting to use your camera you just have it turned off uh, but right the system it looks like it's recording or in use <sighs> yeah. but i appreciate it because then Actually, no, I don't. I was going to come up with some, well, that's more secure way, but I still don't appreciate it. (laughs) You should have a way for saying, you know, no, let me type in my full, you know. Yeah. I know my password password. to Windows because it's my Microsoft password, so I can get into it without an issue. Well, I I, I wonder if I hit control delete and I'm not going to try that until we're actually done if that would give me an option but I'm afraid if I hit control delete it'd be like okay it's time to restart your computer now because I know with my work computer if it locks I have to hit control delete hit okay saying yes I agree that you'll monitor everything I do and then it pops up with the uh, password that I can enter so Mm. well this has been an interesting conversation. We did not get to the business stuff, uh, but not much on that front anyway. Hey, uh, Mike does some work on uh, list building with Aweber. Yeah. Uh, so if you're interested, you're interested reach out to me. In touch. Uh, I do some basic WordPress development and hosting. So if you're interested, reach out. Other than that, like, yeah, we'll we'll talk about business stuff another day. Good chat, no script, no notes, no anything. I did write down most of the stuff, Mike, that we need to link to in the episode, so at least we won't be completely fucked. Uh, <laughs> to that. Sounds uh, good. 
And yeah, let us know if you like this format and or if you preferred uh, 55's format, which was super short. (laughs) (laughs) Man, there. So I'm curious. I I can't wait to see how that goes once it publishes tomorrow. Mm -hmm. How many people are going to reach out and say, so um, I lost most of the podcast. I don't know what you guys did. It was only 20 minutes. <laughs> right, right. You guys only talked for 20 minutes? Are you feeling okay? <laughs> right now, very good. Uh, hurricane weather's predicted over here by the end of this week. So that'll well, be fun. He's on, he's on Twitter, at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. I'm on Twitter, at Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N. Today's show notes can be found at yourownpay.com slash dm twenty. No, DM56. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.